This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Oh, we're in for a long one. A long weekend, that is. And you deserve to spend it on the couch with a glass of something good. Luckily, there's Drizzly, the number one app for alcohol delivery. With Drizzly, you can compare prices on the biggest selection of beer, wine, and spirits. Then get them delivered quickly. So download the Drizzly app or go to drizzly.com. That's D-R-I-Z-L-Y dot com today. Welcome to Tunes and Tumblr's Century Club by Atwood Magazine, your weekly shot of what's new in music. Like, share, subscribe, and chain email the show to every Nigerian prince and election campaign in your inbox. I'm your host, Anthony, and I am tired. So very, very, very tired. But as they say, the show must go on, albeit that person never lived through 2020, but I digress. We're here, as always, to take a little break with a brand new song and a craft shot to heighten the listening experience. We're also joined by electropop duo Ryle with a little sonic vacation of their own. We'll be listening to an exclusive quarantine session performance of their latest single, Closure. So stick around to the end of the show to give that a listen. And as always, I'm joined by a pair of equally tired gentlemen who are here to fill in all the music and mixology knowledge that I so dearly lack. They are Ryan, your musicologist, and I am amped, baby. Just did some whippets in the parking lot. I'm ready to go. (laughs) Really immerses himself in the culture. I'm Pedro, your mixologist. Well, thank you for jumping on the mic with me, guys. Can you give me one word to describe your emotions this late into the year? Absent. Muted. (laughs) (laughs) On silent. (laughs) Wasn't there like a movie from the early 2000s that was all about uh, a medication that prevented people from having emotions? I think it's almost also famous for like pushing the whole gun foo thing way too far. Drew probably knows this. I don't don't know about that movie, but that medication sounds dope. I'd like some. (laughs) It's not existence, but that's what I keep thinking of. Um, It's equilibrium, guys. It's equilibrium. Thank you, Drew. (laughs) I knew Drew knew the answer to that question. (laughs) Uh, Well, it has been quite a week and there has been news aplenty, but let's see if we can find a nice little pop culture distraction for our listeners. Drew, cue up that music. First off, 
I lied. There's no such thing as fluff anymore. Up first on the news desk, it looks like your grandfather isn't the only senior who's had it up to here with COVID-19 lockdowns. His favorite singer is too. Rolling Stone reports that Van Morrison has accused the UK government of, quote, taking our freedoms and three new songs bashing the worldwide lockdown to prevent the spread of the virus. In the song, No More Lockdown, which isn't as subtle as, say, Moondance, Morrison (laughs) clearly lays out his thoughts, singing, No more lockdown, no more government overreach, no more fascist bullies disturbing our peace. No more taking our freedoms and our God-given rights, pretending it's for our safety when it's really to enslave. Truly a masterpiece to rival brown-eyed girl here. The response to the as-yet-unreleased tracks by government officials has been largely negative. Northern Ireland's health minister, Robin Swan, referred to them as dangerous, telling the BBC, I don't know where he gets his facts. I know where the emotions are on this, but I will say that sort of messaging is dangerous. Last month, Morrison launched a campaign to, quote, save live music, railing against uh, what he called the pseudoscience surrounding the coronavirus and claimed that socially distant live events were not viable. He plans on releasing the new songs in two-week intervals via, quote, selected outlets, according to a post on his website. Born to be Free is out Friday, September 25th. As I Walked Out will drop on Friday, October 9th, and No More Lockdown will come on Friday, October 23rd. He'll play the songs live at the London Palladium this fall. He also said, I'm not telling people what to do or think. The government is doing a great job of that already. It's about freedom of choice. I believe people should have the right to think for themselves. So who had Van Morrison is an anti-masker on their 2020 bingo card? (laughs) Well, that just killed my vibe. (laughs) Bad whippets come down. Thanks for that. (laughs) Tell you what, I'm still going to uh, download those songs when they come out because I think that they have to be heard to be truly appreciated. I really need to refill my equilibrium right now. (laughs) That is really the the question, though. Where does he get? Where where is he getting his news? I'm so curious. What does he? What does he read every day? I don't know, but I think like. a few people under the Q banner might uh, have something to do with it, maybe. Oh, boy. <laughs> Where is he getting his news? It's a stretch to assume he's informed, Ryan. <laughs> <laughs> All right, one of you guys want to take it from here? I have one that's um, not exactly uplifting, but but certainly interesting. <laughs> so I, I can go. This one comes from Sam uh, Sadomsky via Pitchfork. Um, on Tuesday of last week, September 15th, Kanye West started posting to Twitter about his relationship with Universal Music Group, the parent company uh, to his label Good Music and Def Jam Recordings. Uh, Among many other things, he addressed his desire to buy back his master recordings from the company, claiming his efforts are being obstructed by several contracts he signed. He then proceeded to tweet images of what he claimed to be the 10 recording contracts between himself and Universal. I need every lawyer in the world to look at these, he wrote. (laughs) Last night, Prior to sharing the documents, West expressed a desire to speak with people at Vivendi, the French media conglomerate that majority owns UMG. He initially said he wanted to meet with CEO Arnaud de uh, Poufontin before stating that he'll meet with the company's president. In addition to sharing the legal documents, West has been calling on other artists to back him and open up about their experiences. Bono, can I get a retweet? Love you. Paul, can I get a retweet? Love you. Drake, Kendrick, even Taylor, he tweeted hinting at Swift's similar dispute with her former label. 
all the musicians will be free. Amid his tweets about his situation with UMG, Kanye shared what appears to be the phone number of Forbes COO editor Randall Lane. The tweet was taken wow. down. Twitter spokesperson tells Pitchfork that the tweet was removed for posting private info and West's account has been temporarily locked in accordance with the site's private information policy. And the fire continues to burn. <laughs> the people will rise up. The people's war is coming and Kanye is leading the charge. Van Morrison and Kanye. Yes. <laughs> oh, we'll all be free. <laughs> <laughs> Pedro, do you have someone else that is joining this cadre of heroes? No, thankfully, I don't. <laughs> but <laughs> I do have some news from Amazon Music. Amazon Music has launched Amazon Music Latin, a new brand which includes playlists, podcasts, merch, and even an emerging artist program. The tagline for this new global brand is La Musica Que Nos Conecta, which translates to the music that connects us for everyone who doesn't speak Spanish. The launch showcases a hundred new and revamped playlists, merch from several artists, uh, video interviews, podcasts, and even Amazon original songs. As I mentioned before, there are programs that kicked off for artists at varying levels of their careers. One is called Rompe. It's a new emerging artist program focused on supporting up-and-coming Latin artists in the U.S., Latin America, and in Spain. The first two artists currently featured are uh, pop duo Las Villa and singer-songwriter-producer No Beat. Another program called Raices, which also launched, uh, features artist catalogs from across genres of Latin music. Um, it features one artist every month and uh, has launched this month with Mark Anthony as their first featured artist. Another major component in the brand's launch is a multimedia podcast hosted by Becky G, which will feature audio and corresponding video prod podcast on Amazon's Twitch channel. So, Becky, if you need a Latin guest to make drinks and talk music with you, let me know. Um, all in all, these seem like a this seems like a pretty dope segment to Amazon Music. I checked it out this morning, and it was it was pretty cool. I liked the layout. Um, there was some cool stuff to check out. The merch is pretty cool. Um, it features right now. There's a feature track by Maluma. He did an acoustic version of Hawaii, which I really like. So yeah, if you wanna check out some new Latin music, try Amazon Music Latin. Awesome. Yeah, I've been wanting us to talk about Maluma for quite a bit. Oh, and and. Hopefully we'll get to talk about him more than just like that, that little name drop of yours. Well, thank you both for those rousing stories. I have to say I feel way more informed than I did five minutes ago, but I think it's time I kicked back and killed those brain cells I just used. <laughs> Ryan, do you have a song for us to listen to today? That I do. Uh, the song we were listening today is Bluebird, a hazy, upbeat, stomp pop single from Gus Dapperton's brand new album, Orca which just dropped this Friday on Cobalt's record label, AWOL. Well, that definitely sounds like a solid pick-me-up after the year we've had. Now we just need a chaser. Pedro, what you got? All right, so Bluebird. I love Gus Dapperton. I'm super stoked to talk about this song. The song itself has a lot of lyrics that are kind of, I mean, it's, it's kind of a, a song expressing some maybe dark feelings, some anxiety. Um, and I wanted to make a shot that sort of helps lift you out of that. Um, I wanted something light and sweet and uh, maybe even a tad bit uh, fizzy. And I also wanted it to be blue. So here's what we've got. The shot includes blue curacao, some Malibu rum, some lime juice, and then I wanted to throw an egg white in there um, to sort of give it some texture, uh, just make it a little lighter. And sort of, you know, the egg sort of symbolizes, uh, I mean, it's the beginning of a life, right? So I kind of wanted to throw in that, that uh, symbol of youth in there a little bit. And this is nice and simple, so you don't have to feel scared to try it at home. 
it's easy. There's no, you should have no anxiety about making it light. It's sweet. And hopefully you'll fly out of your grave like a bluebird. Hmm. Is it called a bluebird? Damn. It is called a bluebird. Yes. <laughs> Amazing. So I have a question as somebody who is still building up their uh, mixology knowledge, even after doing this podcast with you for over a year. <laughs> um, is there like any sort of hazard in using just like a plain old egg white? Or is there like a way that you're supposed to, I don't know, uh, sterilize it? I don't know. Like this is stuff that... Uh, they probably taught me in culinary school, and I was completely sleeping through that lesson. <laughs> I've never had any problems with it. Um, they're pretty commonly used, and it adds some great texture. Honestly, like <laughs> I was the kid who would just eat eggs like raw. Wow. Yeah. Um, and did I you watch got... Beauty and the Beast? And you're like, wow, Gaston. <laughs> <laughs> I want to try that. <laughs> oh my, Gaston. Um, no, no. Like, I, I grew up on like a ranch with an aunt of mine, and we would go collect eggs every day. And sometimes I would drop them. And when I did, she's like, "Well, don't waste it." And so I just like would swig <laughs> it, and it was always really good, and it never got me sick. So um, it was fine. Yeah, don't don't worry about using using egg whites. Um, I know that. You know, you get told a lot not to do it, but it's it's totally fine. Well, there you have it. The perfect pairing, perfect little vacation. Cheers, y'all. Cheers. Cheers. So Gus Dapperton, um, he's kind of been on our radar for a little bit. I know that uh, he was a pick for us um, late last year for New Music Friday, wasn't he? Mm-hmm. Give it yes. to me straight. Yeah. And then I think like slowly he's kind of garnered a little bit of mainstream attention um for anyone who doesn't know who is a big fan of benny and her song super lonely that has been everywhere this year gus dapperton is the musical guest on that one so he's he's kind of coming up fast um gotta catch him before he hits the stratosphere yeah what are your guys's backgrounds with gus um his music um like his his image anything like how did you come across him first i first heard gus dapperton when he featured on a beshkin track called faceless um i think that was back in like 2016 um i found it on youtube um and it was it's funny because you know you see gus dapperton now he's got the dyed hair very bold colors piercings and everything but in this video he's like just got his regular hair no piercings or tattoos that you can see anyway it's like but he's still he's still got like a sort of um he's still like a striking looking person and I mean his voice and his lyrics are uh I don't know they're they're sort of hypnotic to me I love that song but that was the first time I heard him and then um I think it was not too long after that maybe like a year um I heard a single of his called Prune You Talk Funny and I've just sort of been following him ever since I was like this guy's pretty awesome um I think that was off of his You Think You're a Comic EP um so yeah it's been just kind of cool to see him grow and sort of develop his look and his sound. But yeah, that's sort of where I first heard him. Mm. What about you, Ryan? Uh, from the Super Lonely song, I think. <laughs> that came out last year. Um, yeah. That was my introduction to him. That was, um, you know, you try and avoid TikTok as best as possible, yet you can't really. And uh, all it takes these days is uh, Emrata to do a dance to your song. <laughs> and you're in, on track to uh, a billion streams. That's true. It's really weird how, and I know that we've talked about this before, TikTok has really become the place 
where um young artists make their impact like mm-hmm. they it the app is the trend setting machine of this era and yeah. i kind of want to take a little aside here i've been trying to follow this as much as possible is tiktok still legal in the u.s as of today no i think what's gonna happen is like after is it today so yeah like today to, is the deadline we're I recording think, on sunday for all of you who don't know <laughs> i think i read somewhere that you're not going to be allowed to download it anymore but if you already have it like i mean what are they going to do well they so yeah i think it's going to be there till the deal today's the last day to download it because i think apparently it's going to be banned until the deal closes which might not be till mm-hmm. november right november which, 15th i think is the deadline and what a what a thing Sorry, I interrupted you, Ryan. No, that please. I mean, it's it's such an outrageous story, and the latest development. I mean, I don't know how. Well, Trump's able to do a lot of things that seem outrageous every day, but I don't know how he's able to. He's been able to insert himself into the deal of this, and like get doing a favor for the, for Oracle, and um, and then demanding somehow five billion from the sale. From someone, no one knows who. Like Walmart's involved. Five billion's gonna go to his Jeez. weird new uh, white history education program. It's such a. It's so warped. Wow, this is much deeper than I thought that we would get. And here's my <laughs> Sorry, yeah. little. Here, here's my little brainworm conspiracy theory. Uh, little take on this. Like it's almost as if. You know, he's got this huge platform on Twitter, but he's seeing all of the young people migrate to TikTok. And he's like, I got to stop that. I can't have a a popular social media platform that I'm not a part of. Like, honestly, I I think it's that simple. Or or it's like just straight up petty revenge for the TikTok teens messing with his rally. That too. Oh, yeah, that's a good one. That's that's like another possible reason. And all of them are, I think, equally possible mm-hmm. and equally dumb. Mm-hmm. And um, <laughs> but that's keep in the mind, time. listeners, we are a music podcast, and we are drinking right now. So take all of what we're saying now <laughs> with a grain of salt. We are not experts. We just we see between the lines, man. We we, we see like <laughs> we know what it's like when the curtains pulled back. It's a marvelous night for a moon dance, and uh, we're all going to be free. You just have to keep looking deeper. (laughs) (laughs) But anyway, Gus Dapperton. (laughs) Yes. And Bluebird. Uh, Let's bring it back a little bit. Um, So I think we have kind of a theme today. We're dealing with um, really upbeat, poppy music that you can dance to, but a lot of it is kind of laced with anxiety. Um, He, Gus, described this album as being about feeling trapped, depressed, and having these people and unconditional forces of love in your life that kind of reel you back in. So you're playing with a kind of dichotomy there. And I read an interview that he and his girlfriend and frequent collaborator, Jess Farron, who takes a lot of photos of him, like all of the best photos, in my opinion, are hers of him. Uh, They conducted this interview together um, on Vice's ID. And she asked him like how he pushes through that sort of... um, that sort of haze and that anxiety and the things that hold him back. And one thing 
he said is that he just learned to not give a fuck about anything. And <laughs> I mean, like, that's that's kind of a uh like an, a little bit of a simplistic take, you know, you see books like Mark Maron's like The Subtle Art of Not Giving a Fuck. But I I think that if you push away all of that self-help jargon, there's some real um, value in being able to like just decide like, well, I just don't care. Do you guys think that there's anything that we collectively maybe just like as a group or as individuals give a fuck about that's holding us back? I don't know if there's like a specific thing, but I do think that um, people judge themselves a little too much and not they I think. Yeah, I think people just judge themselves, what they do, what they like. They judge all that too much. And it sort of. It sort of makes them feel like they're being judged by other people and they start caring what other people think about everything. So I think it just sort of works its way from the inside out. I think to sort of let go of all that you have to start there just you have to stop uh you have to stop judging yourself and just accept who you are and all that stuff i mean that's not easy to do obviously but i think that's sort of where it starts once you sort of are just okay with you you're not going to give a fuck about anything else you're just going to do you yeah depression is anger turned inward so you got to turn it outward towards the world and just take a fat <laughs> piss all over everybody around you. Take Is a that your piss like a speaking? fire hydrant over the world and it's like a huge weight has been lifted. Um, but take Ryan's advice. Yeah. That's like exactly <laughs> what you need to do. Have you thought by, about being a my... therapist, Ryan? <laughs> yeah, I have actually. I think also we kind of live in a social media culture that... Um, kind of encourages us to uh overly curate ourselves i mean we've talked about this before like everyone is a brand online you go on instagram and everyone's got their brand and i think that it's really hard when you're putting yourself out there to not care about what you're doing or what you're saying or how you're presenting yourself Mm -hmm. and moving past that like this addiction that like in order to get more followers or like uh, in order to stand out, everything has to fit the script. And I think that that's really rough and there's no easy way to move past that right now. What do you guys think? I think that's true. You can't, um, it's hard to live in the moment when your whole life is, uh, when life is just one big vision board that you're constantly mm-hmm. having to contribute to. And every app is basically that. He's claiming to feel free because he's throwing out the script. And I guess that's, that's something that if you're able to do that and not feel like you have to conform to anything or that mm-hmm. it doesn't have to be linear and you can be versatile and just sort of uh, go your own way, I guess that's that's what we should strive for. And I think right. that's what he kind of claims to do. Um, it makes sense that his idol is Bowie mm-hmm. um, as mm-hmm. Bowie's kind of the famous uh, shapeshifter able to shift with the times and but also start trends and go his own way and yeah not really not really care and inspire a lot of people who are different to also not care and to feel empowered so i think he's on to something there mm-hmm. yeah uh another thing that they were saying in this interview is that gus sees a distinction between um 
his birth name, uh, which is Brendan Patrick Rice and the persona of Gus. I mean, that's kind of like a, a Bowie thing, like David Bowie versus Ziggy Stardust, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and he said that Brendan wasn't comfortable embracing his indiv- individuality and Gus is. Mm-hmm. And I think like embodying a persona kind of frees you up a little bit, almost because you're, you're play acting in a way. Uh, so do you think that there's a moment for you guys where you <laughs> embraced your individuality that way? Or has, have you always like had this sense of who you were? I think it's a little of both for most people. I feel like even, even if you are like a pretty self-assured, you know, confident individual, you, you do have moments when you're, especially when you're younger of like trying to fit in or just sort of, you know, mold yourself a little bit more just so that you feel, you don't feel like people are going to make fun of you and stuff like that. Um, but, and hopefully like eventually you learn that it doesn't matter and fuck everybody. But Mm -hmm. yeah, I think, I think I remember really sort of learning to, to let go of all that like judgment when I was in a, um, I was in like an acting class here in North Hollywood and our teacher, he was really more of a mentor. He was so dope. He he just sort of that was something he sort of always um tried to remind us of is just like stop judging yourself, stop judging yourself, just be in the moment, be um be this, you know, just let yourself if you stop judging yourself, it's gonna free you up to do whatever you want. And like the possibilities are fairly limitless. Um and I think you can apply that to just about anything, especially when it comes to art. If you just allow yourself to be, then it, it it can just it can just open so many doors for you so i think yeah like that was sort of the moment that i was like especially creatively i just sort of started learning to just sort of go with what i was feeling and not really care what that came out as and just sort of mm-hmm. explore explore that yeah my acting classes were a lot harder i always had trouble with the uh like you're not supposed to think twice during uh um improv thing right. i was always like oh will this land is this even funny right exactly know. exactly mm-hmm. i think for me the the kind of like defining moment where i stopped caring was when i decided to stop posting on instagram every day yeah oh and also to make my account private because then i'm not like constantly concerned about people finding me and following me like okay it's no longer a game i'm just doing this because i want to post photos and that right. i i recommend that for anyone who is dealing with social media anxiety especially in quarantine where you're constantly comparing yourself just stop participating in the game mm-hmm. or just have board. a finsta just have a finsta you know <laughs> that's the beauty of a finsta yeah but yeah i i agree with you yeah it'd be great to not have to deal with that. It's very interesting, though, for entertainers because they're having to grapple with this, where you're having a generation raised on this mm-hmm. who are much more, who have feel much more of an obligation to it. Right. Someone like us or someone even like Benny, like this is all they kind of know. So they recognize you sort of have to play this game, but also how do you get out of it? Mm-hmm. And it's probably so much harder these days as an artist to escape it. And I don't really know what the clear way out is for that. Um, yeah, I, su- I suppose it's going to be finding the balance unless there's some 
brand new platform. Don't know. But, I mean, as long um, as it, as long as it's making money, it's never gonna stop. <laughs> I'd really like to see uh, some more kind of radical gestures from from Gus. I like. I kind of like what I'm seeing from him so far. Because when I heard this song, he reminded me a lot of um, uh, Ariel Pink, um, an LA based oh, yeah. artist who's like a lo-fi pop guy who does all his own recording. Yeah. Ariel's a lot more experimental and lo-fi and maybe a true fan of Ariel Pink would think I'm an idiot or like insulting <laughs> uh, to him. But the parallels are certainly there. This is someone who has really strong pop instincts and does all the recording himself and has a certain flexibility and independence. So I'm excited to see what he's going to do. And I hope, mm-hmm. you know, I hope he keeps it interesting and truly follows follows uh follows his more interesting instincts and doesn't necessarily just try and collaborate with Bieber or something. Yeah. <laughs> or maybe Bieber is going to try to get some uh cool cred and and team up with Gus Dapperton. That's what I was just thinking like which major star is going to try and like get him to feature on something. Well, if you can't if you can't uh, collaborate with somebody, uh just cover their song. There you that go. way you can get the mm. coverage and be linked with their name. There you go. But you don't necessarily have to get their permission to cover it. <laughs> you get the hashtag, but all the credit. Yep, like every exactly. every uh, white couple with a ukulele in a studio apartment covering WAP right now. <laughs> oh, Lord. <laughs> it's very Sorry. true. Sorry. It's very true. <laughs> <laughs> we know it's out there. Just because like, we're not talking about it doesn't mean it's not there. Or like they just had a kid, and so instead they're talking about like wet ass diapers. Oh, oh no. God. <laughs> wad. The wad. The wad. <laughs> oh. Damn, dude. Oh, because you know that's hap- I do- You know that's happening. You know they're out there. If mm-hmm. it hasn't happened, the idea has been floated. Greg like and Emily, we and- see you. You know, we've all heard about rule, what is it, rule 34 um, of the internet, where if you can think of it, there is porn of it. But I think that that kind of extends to any sort of idea that you can have about um, art or, or creating, like, especially right now, and especially with TikTok, if you can think it, somebody is out there doing it. I just saw like this TikTok video where like somebody walks into the room and there's just this person who is like inside of an Amazon box that they've painted a smiley face on. And it's just like naked arms and legs coming out of it. And they're just like (laughs) dancing on a table. And it's the weirdest thing I've ever seen, but thank God it exists. I needed it exactly at the moment that I saw it. Um, (laughs) But yeah, like (laughs) that's some like e-bombs world shit. I like that. We're going uh, back to uh, our roots in quarantine. The platforms are, are just so accessible and can get ideas out to anybody like the content is there um the the question just becomes how do you break through and i think that's always been the question in some form or another since the inception of commercialized music mm-hmm. before it was you know a and r gatekeepers and now it's teenagers who have three million followers on tiktok <laughs> the exact people you want running everything <laughs> teens have always been the tastemakers oh absolutely yeah i mean teen girls were the ones who made the beatles like don't start don't at me don't start yeah. 
Do not start. <laughs> <laughs> um, so we're kind of uh, running up against our timer here, but I kind of wanted to talk just a very little bit about something more serious. And it's uh, something I've been thinking about since I've read the lyrics. We were talking about how uh, Bluebird is kind of a breezy, fun, funky song, but he's talking about grappling with the idea of losing his youth and mm. the idea that all things are impermanent the one lyric i came across in particular is my grave puts all the weight on hold so basically you know you're going through and you've got all this anxiety but you know in the back of your mind eventually it's going to stop when you die mm. and it's kind mm. of a grim thought but also kind of a freeing thought and i started thinking about just like the whole concept of death in Western society is very taboo. Like we have this obsession with youth. We have all these anti-aging products. We sequester our elders in homes to keep them out of sight. Like we don't mm -hmm. like the idea of aging and dying. Right. And I think that that is kind of an unhealthy way to confront something that is inevitable. Like it's going to happen to everyone. Mm -hmm. So, do you think that these fears are necessary given that it's inevitable? And if not, are there ways that we can change this perception? Don't break your brains on this, guys. I'm just... Good God, Good God Anthony. <laughs> Jesus. God, it's like, that's like, this is like the, the final question for the Tibetan Buddhism class I took. <laughs> Look, I, I may or may not have been reading the Tibetan book of li living and dying before we jumped on this Zoom call, so. <laughs> wow. I, I, think, I think we have, like, this obsession with youth, because, with youth because I feel like we seem to think that we're only useful when we're young, and then once you're old, you get put in a home. No one wants to, like, acknowledge the fact that they have, like, senior family members because it reminds them that how they're going to end up one day, and it's really shitty. Um, if if there's a way to get around that, I don't know. I think I I don't definitely no. don't have that answer. No, yeah, no. I mean, uh, get, <laughs> to get around the fear of it, I mean, I guess what I'm is what I mean, like the fear of of death and mortality and all that. I don't know if there's a way around it, but I think acknowledging it's definitely a place to start. Sort of like Gus Dapperton has done with his music. So yeah, I don't know. It's 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 definitely a weird way to look at to look at something that you're definitely going to have to do at some point. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's a weird, you could, I mean, you, it's such an interesting line, right? I'm glad you highlighted that one because it can very easily be it. Yeah. Totally nihilist, right? Mm -hmm. I'll be calm when I'm dead, you know? <laughs> so might as well accept all this anxiety and know that it's never really going to fully go away. Right. So fuck it, you know? Um, so yeah, I encourage people also to check out a one called Nursing Home Blues by a band called DRI, a hardcore punk band. Terrific, terrific piece of music about aging. Very negative, very depressing, <laughs> but one of the best, uh, one of the best crossover thrash songs of the early eighties. So I hope that can make it on our playlist for the show. Yeah. There's your homework um, fans. <laughs> and I will. It's not, not going to uplift you or give you any answers. It's just a great, honest perspective of an old man sequestered to a shitty nursery home. I mean, sometimes uh, that's what you need: honesty. And I will, I will add the yin to that yang and say that you should also check out uh, "Growing Old with You" by Adam Sandler from the the <laughs> the Wedding Singer <laughs> soundtrack. 
Okay. No, I mean, it's a really sweet that's piece good, of music a, where he's... I, yeah, I agree. Yeah. He's talking about, like, how he will still be in love with her when, when she's old and wrinkly and, like, they're they're both, <laughs> like, past their prime, so to speak. So, yeah. yeah, I mean, probably not the same perspective as Nursing Home Blues, but, you know, uh, different strokes, right? And then just make sure you listen to the rest of Gus Dapperton's album because it's really fucking good. We don't have to sit here and think about it. We can call him because I don't know if you guys caught this, but on he tweeted, good afternoon. I will be starting to share news with you all via this number, 845-203-0137. I'll be sending mass texts and talking with you one-on-one. So um, we can text him and see if we can get some answers from him or them. I'm not sure their identity, don't want to assume, but... Um, this is actually interesting because this is, I looked at it and it's actually through that app called uh, Community. Are you guys familiar with this? No. Yeah. Um, Abhi the Nomad is on that too. I get texts from him all the time. Paul McCartney, Sophia Bush, and Marshmallow are on it. Diddy's on it. You can send him a resume <laughs> via uh, the text <laughs> to work for him. Um, but it's this new thing where uh, artists can create a phone number to talk one-on-one with people. Well, not literally talk one-on-one but a way to more directly communicate with fans so that's pretty dope. um gus dapperton has one anthony can you repeat your question so i can text it to him right now <laughs> uh yes just... are you afraid of dying <laughs> just no other context <laughs> just <laughs> that's it <laughs> are you afraid of dying <laughs> how many people do you think will show up to your funeral oh my god <laughs> just <laughs> or we just send him a link to the podcast. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> uh, on that note, <laughs> yeah, I think it's time that we switched gears. <laughs> but before we turn things over to our musical guest, any lingering thoughts besides texting Gus Dapperton uh, some vague threats? <laughs> I'm gonna do. Uh, I'm gonna get the tattoo that David Cross mentioned in a stand-up set, which is I'm gonna get a tattoo of my future son with his birth date and his death date. Oh my God. (laughs) (laughs) Oh no. Oh man. That's a bad lingering. That's a bad note to end on. Can you imagine Uh, like growing up his son and just knowing? (laughs) (laughs) Isn't that like a Justin Timberlake movie that nobody saw? Oh yeah. I remember that. Yeah. You have like a timer. Yeah, I, I have no idea what that movie is called. Drew might know the answer to that one, too. Justin Timberlake that- Runs a Lot by Clock Paramount Stoppers? Studios. Clock- <laughs> Clocks- the Nickelodeon movie? Oh, my God. <laughs> that, that famously used Blink-182's first date in the uh, soundtrack, the commercial. Wow. To it. Damn. That's brilliant. That's a good lingering thought. Watch yeah. Clock Stoppers featuring Blink-182's <laughs> hit song, First Date. Um, the greatest but, existentialist test text just of, just uh, mute just mute it and play gus dapperton's orca while you watch it oh just go there like you that go. Mm. yeah yeah it's a dark side of the moon 2.0 yeah <laughs> the white side of the clock yes <laughs> that's a good lingering thought um anything to plug this week same as always baby you know where to find it the occurrence kcsb every saturday 8 to 10 p.m 
and artwork at Jimmy Christian on Instagram. And currently shifting some gears over at, uh, I hope this finds you well, but hopefully we'll be back in the coming weeks with some new letters from the dark side of quarantine. <laughs> the only side of quarantine. Nice. <laughs> oh, yes. This is why we are so very, very tired. <laughs> Thank you all for listening to Tunes and Tumblers. Tunes and Tumblers is an Atwood Magazine podcast. Be sure to like the show and Atwood on every platform. Also, please give us a little rating and subscribe to us wherever you get your podcast. It helps us out a lot. Tunes and Tumblers was produced, as always, by Drew Franzblau. Our theme song is by New New Girlfriend. And before we go, we've got another little treat for you. Electronic duo Ryle are here to share an exclusive performance of their latest single, Closure. Like Bluebird, it's a chill, breezy, late summer jam that masks a dark interior. Lead singer Jackie actually contracted COVID-19 back when all the shit hit the fan, and she and her bandmate Aaron wrote this song during her recovery. So while it sounds like something you'd throw on your beach vibe playlist, it's proof that we never really know what someone else is going through. It's already a personal favorite of mine, and I can't wait for you all to hear it. So without further ado, this is Ryle with Closure. Cheers. 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 I'm Jackie. And I'm Aaron. We're Ryle. How's it going? Good. Good. Hey, Aaron, what have you been drinking while in quarantine? Uh, I've been drinking the thing I always drink, which is the Negroni. Ooh, how do you make that? Uh, it's very easy, and that's why I like it. One third of each ingredient... Which is Campari, vermouth, and gin. Fascinating. Yeah. What do you like? Hmm. I'm quite the drinker, as you know. But lately I've been drinking monkey shoulder. It's Ooh. a type of scotch. Mm-hmm. I like it. They also make a gin, right? Do they? I think so. I think it's very good. I didn't even know that. But I might be wrong. I haven't heard about the gin, but I would like to try it. Yeah. That's what I'm drinking. That's a cocktail. Scotch. Scotch? Just scotch. That's a cocktail. It is, right? Uh, it's, a, it's a drink, at least. I know All that right, much. Fine. All yeah. right, if you want a cocktail, I had recently a Leger. What is that? I'm not really sure, but it's like some blackberry thing. <laughs> and you put like vermouth in it with like a little bit of like seltzer or wine for an extra kick in the you know what. Yeah, an extra good. hangover. It's great. Yeah, yeah, I like hangovers. Cool. Um, so we're playing our song called Closure. Do you like this song, Aaron? Uh, I like it. I like it too. Yeah, I hope it's, everybody else likes it. I hope everyone likes it too. Yeah. Thanks so much for having us, guys. You know I thought it was over. Did you see the closure? You know I thought we got help away. I'm talking myself down up this high need you stay.
Wasting away 